Just mention one uh, sad item, if I could. I just found out, Zach told me right before uh, church service, uh, Jim Heath, he sits right over here behind y'all, real colorful jackets, sport jackets he wears. I don't know how many men he had to chase down to get those things, but he, he'd wear the brightest jackets you've ever seen. He passed away this week. Uh, he had a heart attack uh, Friday and went home to be with the Lord. So uh, remember her, if you would, Mrs. Heath, and I know the family, it would mean a lot to them too. We, uh, a number of us here at church, uh, went to his, uh, he's retired policeman, uh, went to his shooting school, learned how to shoot, and uh, I can hit my toe anyway now, so I'm doing pretty good with it, but uh, we had a great time with him, so we, we hate to hear that news. The title of my message this morning is, it's very, very simple, the believer has an unchanging God. We have an unchanging God. You know, I was thinking of everything that was going on, and, uh, and then I watched people use uh, Scripture uh, out of context. Uh, it's interesting when you become uh, uh, right divisional, when you interpret the Scriptures correctly by dispensations. Time passed, but now, ages to come. Uh, when somebody gets off on something, a red flag shoots up, and you begin to pick that up real fast. And so it's interesting how the Lord uses that. But I've seen and heard on uh, Christian TV, whether it's TBN or Daystar, or I've even heard it at churches, to support their teachings of signs, wonders, healings, prosperity, word of faith, especially tongues. They'll use a verse, and they'll use a verse like, Malachi 3.6, Malachi 3.6, and it says, if they will pull that up now, guys, Malachi 3.6, did you have that? Anyway, there you go, thank you. For I am the Lord, I what? Change not, therefore, ye sons of Jacob, who would that be? Are not consumed. You see there, he says, I changed that, but he's talking to somebody. He's talking to Jacob, to Israel. And that's very, very important when you look at the context there. All it's saying is that in spite of Israel's sins, this gives me hope, actually. In spite of Israel's sins, let's look at those, verse 5 and then verse 7 and 8. And I will come near to you to judgment, and I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers and against the adulterers and against the false swearers and against those that oppress the hireling and his wages, the widow and the fatherless and that turn aside the stranger from his right. And fear not me, saith the Lord of hosts, even from the days of your fathers ye are gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me. And I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have I robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. And so people will say, well, you see, God said in verse 6, he doesn't change. But you have to take that in consideration of the context there. 
He's saying that in spite of Israel's sins, God had been and would be faithful to them. And as a matter of fact, if he hadn't have been faithful to them, they would have already been destroyed. I mean, that's just fact. They were so wicked. Even 200 years later, prophet Jeremiah, he said this in Lamentations 3, 23. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And then some of them will try to use Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 for the miraculous. They say this, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. If it was once there, Jesus is the same today as he was back there, so those gifts are for today. But remember, time passed, Genesis through mid-Acts, but now, mid-Acts, Romans through Philemon, the ages to come, Hebrews through Revelation. Okay? And that's very important. The context is, it's sharing there, the author of Hebrews, he's sharing that Israel in the coming tribulation, they would be leaving the old covenant of Moses and staying faithful in their trials, their tribs, and looking to the new covenant and the world to come. That's the context. The point is, as in the past, the Old Testament in the present for Israel, the tribulation, or the future, the kingdom. God will never, ever forsake his people. He will or just be just as faithful today to them as he was yesterday and as he will be tomorrow. God will be faithful to Israel. Those are the contexts. Jeremiah 31.3 says this here. Jeremiah 31.3. The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with a conditional, no, period of time, no, everlasting love. So all I'm showing you there, God has an everlasting love for his people. And he won't change in his faithfulness to his people. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday for Israel, today for Israel, and tomorrow for Israel in the tribulation and the coming kingdom. So we step back and then we say, okay, what does that mean to us? Well, since they had a relationship with God, we have a relationship with God. It means our God we who have acknowledged our sinfulness and realized we couldn't save ourselves, so we put our faith in Christ and what he has done. He died for us, was buried, and rose again. I put my faith in that gospel, that good news. Now I can say he's our God. He's my God. And he does not change, and he will also always be faithful to us since we now today with everything coming apart 
That's wonderful news to know that I'm not going to be alone. My God will be there with me. He will always be the same. That means that God is not subject to change. He will not and he cannot change his nature. He can't change his attributes of who he is. His makeup, his essence is godness, divineness. That can never, ever change. 2 Timothy 2.13 says this, If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. James 1.17, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Titus 1.2, he says, In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie, He's not a man that he should lie. He's God. And God doesn't need to lie. Amen? Now, he does. Now, don't miss this. He can't change in who he is. But he does change his mind. He does repent in how he has to deal with man because of man's sinning. You remember when Adam and Eve sinned. Genesis 6, 6 says this, and it repented the Lord that he had made man on earth. That word repent, what does it mean? Did God have to turn away from sin himself? Of course not. It just means he changed his mind. He had a change of mind. That's what repentance means, okay? So it repented the Lord that he had made man. You see, God changed in the way he dealt with Adam and Eve after Adam and Eve sinned. They could not continue in an innocent way any longer. And so he dealt differently with them. He changed, he repented in his dealings with them to provide a way they could live for him and also approach him. He says, the only way they can approach me now is by a blood sacrifice. That's real simple. So God changed his way of dealing with man then. Even then, later on, Noah and the flood. The flood came, destroyed everything and everybody except for Noah and his family. And at the end of that, God had to change his way in which he dealt with man. How did he change his way? He created a government. He created rules, laws, morality. And he put those things in place so those people can try to live the best they could for God and his ways. Later on, it happened again. The Tower of Babel. As a result of man not wanting God, want to exclude God, he said, okay. And he scattered them. He changed their languages to where there would just be pockets of people who could understand. And as a result of that, they did what they were supposed to do in the first place. They went across the earth and multiplied. God had commanded that earlier. You see, God's not in agreement with a one-world government. 
Uh, that's what they were creating there. And as a result, they went out and found, developed their own countries with borders and even walls, by the way. <laughs> Acts 17 tells us that. So that took place. And then, since man didn't want God, God called out a man by the name of Abram who became Abraham. <laughs> and God gave Abram a promise. Out of all the land that's on the earth, I've given you a special spot. I promise you the land of Israel. And it's about three or four times bigger than what Israel is today. And he said, that land's for you for one day on this earth. And during the new ethnic group of Jews coming on the scene, Hebrews, he also raised up then a guy by the name of Moses. He said, this is the way I want my people. Lost people, that's where they're going. But I want my people to serve me in a certain way. And so he gave Moses laws, regulations, ways that man was supposed to live under God. Today, us, we're in the body of Christ. Amen? I'm grateful for that. Ephesians 2 says, But God who is rich in mercy. Hey, by the way, his mercies are new every day. Wherein uh, you were not, what, what, I can't remember the verse now. Uh, Titus 3.5, somebody know it, quote it for me. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he hath saved us. For his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us, resurrected us, made us alive together with Christ. By grace are you saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together where? That's our positions up there. You see, the body of Christ is different from Israel. We're looking to go to heaven. Israel's looking for the earth and Christ reigning from Jerusalem. Completely different there. And anyway, he deals with us differently. So God, because of man's sins, he's had to approach, approach man differently at times, but there's never been a change in God's being of who he is. He always has been and always will be God. That never changes. Same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, as you study your Bible, you can see how God worked with man differently at times. From ceremonial laws, Moses' laws, to grace and liberty in Christ. From the Passover to the Lord's Supper. From circumcision to non circumcision from animal sacrifice to Christ's one sacrifice from Israel's prophecy program to today's body of Christ mystery program you know God even dealt differently with diets what we were to eat Adam and Eve were to be vegans they didn't eat meat but then after the flood Noah comes on the scene, and Noah was able to eat any meat he wanted to. And then later, Moses is raised up, 
And as a result, there are restrictions to show Israel was separated unto God. And Israel, they had to eat certain specific clean beasts only. Kosher food laws. <laughs> and then he dealt differently when Paul comes on the scene for the body of Christ, the dispensation of grace today, we can eat whatever we want. Isn't that wonderful? You can eat greens, fried chicken, Kentucky fries. Anybody know what Kentucky fries are? They're called chitlins. I won't go there. <laughs> I remember Brother Anderson. He's a black pastor in Indianapolis. He used to be pastor at Trinity Baptist. And I went out and I ate lunch with him. We had a great time. And he said, you want some Kentucky fries? We went to, on Indiana Avenue to uh, uh, Mama's Black Kettle or something like that. It was, the food was great. And we went in and I saw, he said, Kentucky fries. And I saw those little shaky things. And I said to myself, because my friend Charlie Chapman, who's with the Lord now, I went in his house one day and he was boiling them. You talk about stink. It was a bad, bad. So I said, no, thank you. He even went back for seconds for those. Yeah, yeah. But you know something? You can eat anything you want. And the condition is just so you give thanks. That's what the scriptures actually say. Today, there's no diet laws. Okay? So when the World Economic Forum comes out and say, we're not supposed to eat meat, just go, yeah. <laughs> Amen? Amen, we're going to eat meat. So, God does give instructions in different dispensations to different people at different times and period. But God himself is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And who he is, Christ is the God who created the world. The same God who spoke to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The same God who called out Moses to help birth Israel. The same God who came to this earth born of a virgin. The same God who lived that sinless life. That same God who was willing voluntarily, humanly, to die for and in place of our sins on an old rugged cross. The same God who three days later rose up from the grave victoriously. Amen? And he's the same God who promises us he's coming again. And I hope that it's soon. And also, he's the same God who promises you right now he will save you, give you eternal life if you will believe that Christ is his son and he died for your sins, was buried and rose again. If you believe that in your hearts, he saves you. What a blessing we have, amen? The God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament. If ever he loved us, he loves us now. If ever he forgave us, he forgives us now. If ever he accepted us, he accepts us now. If ever he promised us, he promises us still. What a God he is, amen? I love him today, I'm grateful.
But you know, as you look around, things are changing. We look about us religiously. We see a great falling away. And uh, it seems like God's withdrawing the spirit from working as much today as he used to do in the mind and hearts of a nation. We're experiencing churches, experience-driven entertainment, feelings only. The message is watered down so not to offend, becoming very gener- what, uh, generic, false teachings going on. We look politically. Our government is not trusted by, I saw the survey last night, 71% of Americans do not trust our government today. They spend and spend and spend. It's corrupt outside of a few. Thank God for the few. It's systematically removed God's involvement. They've done away with the only true God making a melting pot using others so Christianity can't be promoted because it offends others' faith. Flip on others' faith. This country was, was based upon the Christian Judeo belief. Amen? And we should never, ever get away from that. America is Israel. We have shaken our fist in the face of God in the sense God told Israel, the only fear I have of you is that when I bless you and give you abundance, you will forget me and think you've done it. And America has been blessed greater than any other nation that I know has been blessed and we think we've done it, that we can exclude God and that's just shaking our fist in the face of Almighty God. I've heard some of the politicians trying to explain why, well, we're trying to be kind and open. No, 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 we should have stood on our faith as a nation. Amen? To me, it seems as if only a few control this country now. I really saw it during the pandemic. The elitist, shadow group, whoever they may be, uh, they are calling the shots. Economically, inflation interests are rising, high cost to live, resources are harder to get, you ever go price a vehicle now? Uh, used cars sell as high as new cars almost anymore. My brother said he went and looked at a truck the other day. He said, no, thank you. It was $64,000. That was just a truck, ram truck. Amazing what they cost. Food, gas, rent, utilities. And then we throw so many billions of dollars in the climate change. Can you think that through, how stupid that is? You said, no, we're going to destroy the world. If we... That's a lie. Do you not read the Bible? Everybody, every country will be here when Christ returns. Amen? Not only that, academically, today the focus is not on reading, writing, arithmetic, science, whatever, but are more concerned with cancel culture, systemic white racism, 
rewriting of history, the 1619 project that they're going through the unions and the schools. Now let me say, there are some great teachers in education. I understand that. But before it's over with, they have to do what their bosses tell them to do or they lose their jobs. But the 1619 project is mainly a lie. Promotes our academics, promotes no God, prayer, no creation, no set of morality, anti-family, anti-parents, grade standards being lowered, and they've dropped what used to really work, discipline. Bend over, I'll give you five. Amen? Militarily, what can I say? I love the military, but enrollment is down. They're more focused on creating a woke military. That's a fact. They're weaker. We can't even tell when a balloon comes into our atmosphere. Should I shoot it down? Oh, there might be somebody down there. Blow that thing out of the air. Amen. Amen. General Keene, I, I like him really well. Uh, he's a general and retired four-star. He said that we couldn't fight ourselves out of a paper bag today. That, he said that's how weak we're becoming as a nation. And then you think of crime. It's getting unsafe. Yet they promote, defund the police. Policemen are getting little respect. Criminals have become the victims. The police wouldn't even be there hadn't been for the crime. Isn't that amazing? Little punishment. They slap them on the hands and release them instead of keeping them in jail. Then we have the media that you can't believe half the time. It's liberal biased. It's socialistic, biased. It's liberal-centered. They want power. They want control. And more people, somebody was saying to me the other day with the House and Senate that there are at least 100 socialistic representatives now. And I'm thinking to myself, do they not understand what that means down the road? Golly. They're trying to do away with our Constitution. They're trying to do away with Christianity. You better wake up. And then there's the worldly attractions. Our country has become a playground, play-oriented entertainment, Hollywood celebs, TikTok, and so on. On and on it goes. Then humanism, that's where man is the epitome of everything. I'm all I need. I'm the highest of evolution. Then there's psychology that makes everybody victims. No one's accountable, responsible. They say the solution, the answer is within you. If you look deep enough in you, all you're going to find out is sin, sin, sin. It's called the old nature. Amen. And then relativism. They say there are no absolutes. Truth is determined by one's culture. 
situation ethics. I've been put down for so many years, now I'm just going to go in and rob everything. Environment. So that determines truth, they say. And then government has removed God from the public arena. Government is saying there are no absolute, no absolutes whatsoever. And so you look at all of that. And let me just say, so many people's hearts today are unsettled. They cry out, isn't there someone, something that's normal, permanent, unchanging? I believe for many of us, I'm going to share an example. Young people can't grasp this because they weren't there. But I feel sorry for young people. They have to keep changing, 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 changing everything the government and the world is doing. But for us old timers, we get excited when we see the antique show on TV. (laughs) Want to know how much that's going to be worth? Do I have something in my attic? Old homes being restored, muscle cars, the Meekham auctions, the Barrett Jackson Jackson auctions. Get excited about going to a 50s diner. Knuckles is open up February 13th, by the way. That's where they have half a car and its seats in it. And they're really popular. And I believe the reason is they represent permanence, normality, stability, better times. That's why I watch, I think, Johnny Carson every night through the week at 10 o'clock on Antenna TV. I was watching one the other day. It was 45 years ago. I just still laughed at his jokes, whatever it might be. Gives me some kind of normality. Because today, we don't have normality. Many are looking for something, someone, that will remain the same and not change on them. And I've got the good news. There is a true God of the Scriptures who is unchanging. He never varies from his person, from his word, from his holiness, from his faithfulness, from his love, from his sovereignty. He's pulling everything together to take us out of here soon, called the rapture. God is always the same in who he is. You can live today, go to bed at night, wake up in the morning, and begin right where you left off with God. He's always there. Amen? Now, that should bring comfort to us. That should be encouraging to us. That should generate some faith in us. Ephesians 3, 11 and 12, but I'm about done. According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence, assurance, no doubt about it, by the faith of him. That's ours today. Our God is unchanging. He's absolute faithful of God. In the old days, we used to sing, and I'm sorry, young people, I'm talking about old days a little bit. I'll talk about how you can get sick at Tokyo House here the next time. 
Yeah, about killed me. <laughs> In the old days, we used to sing an old song. In times like these, you need a Savior. In times like these, you need an anchor. Be very sure. Be very sure. Amen? Your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. This rock is Jesus. Yes, he's the one. This rock is Jesus, the only one. Be sure. Be very sure. Your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. Amen? Now, fellas, do you have that song up there? I'm going to lead you all in a song. An old song, of course, because I'm an old man. Okay? Do you have it? Let's everybody stand, if we would. Okay? Let's sing it together. Great is thy faithfulness, God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassion. How about you? He's been faithful to you? Father, we love you today. We thank you that you're God. You're always the same. You're always God. You never change in who you are. Yes, because we fail you at times, you come in at a different angle and try to work things out differently with us. But God, concerning you, you're our anchor. You're our solid rock. And Lord, this morning, I'm very sure... <laughs> that I have what I need for this journey, for this trip that we're on as a Christian. Thank you for all the people. Just encourage their hearts. Give them a wonderful day in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. We hope you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you visit with us in person. For more information, please visit our website at gpnd.net or contact us by phone at 317-535-3512. You can watch us live and view past services on our website, Facebook, or YouTube channel. Until next broadcast, may God richly bless you as our prayer.